What's up, Bandive crew? James here. And before we jump into this episode, I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever wished there was a way to connect with me as well as other listeners in real time? I have the solution. I finally got around to making a Bandive Discord server, which is people have been asking me for years and I just wasn't listening. I wish I had done this sooner because I couldn't be happier with the results. It's been fantastic. And we would love to see you join us. We have discussions about the music business, gear, the podcast, and a general channel as well. You can join the discussion now by visiting bandhive.rocks slash discord. Again, that is bandhive.rocks slash discord. Welcome to episode 41 of the Bandhive podcast. You're listening to the Bandhive podcast, the number one online resource for DIY bands to learn about the music business and touring. If you want to turn your band into a lean, mean touring machine, you're in the right place. Now, let's get this show on the road. It is time for another episode of the Band Dive Podcast. My name is James Cross, and I'm here with Aaron Jingris, drummer of the band Suburban Samurai. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing quite well, considering the special guests we have with us in the studio today. Well, in their own studio, remotely, uh, connecting with us today. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I guess I'm a little surprised to even uh, to be interviewed. It's, a, it's a, a unique honor. Well, we're happy to have you here. For those of you who didn't catch in the title, we're speaking with Christian James of James and the Giant Sleep. We talked with Ryan from Robot Dog Studio back on episode 34, all about live streaming. And we know you've been working closely with him doing a bunch of video work at Robot Dog, as well as being an artist under the name James and the Giant Sleep. And you and Ryan released that amazing music video for my friend The Apostate back in April, I think it was. We know that a lot of DIY artists don't really have their strong suit in video because musicians are musicians, that's their art. And so we wanted to get you on the show, first of all, to talk about the music that you do, but also to get more information out there for artists who are just starting out with video so they can kind of put something together on a shoestring budget as well. So to just launch into it, can you tell us a little bit about your background in music and video, starting in whichever order you prefer? Okay, well, I guess we'll start with with music, I guess, is really what, what spurns sort of like everything. Because while sure, yeah, it's like wiggly air for the most part, part of how I write music is seeing pictures in my head. So I was like 12 started playing piano when I was a kid, saved up all summer to buy my first keyboard, um, you know, had a bottle and can return. And I just sat there and poured over, I had this like first beginner, like blues keyboard sort of a uh, book that I just like digested everything that was in it. And it was, it was obviously not the kind of music that I wanted to play, but things were starting to click pretty quickly. Like I started, I was starting to grasp, okay, oh, okay, so that's a key or that's a scale. So yeah, so it was kind of like just doing the simple math in my head and trying to like add all these things together. And I was like, okay, so, so this is like the, like the raw fundamentals of like music basically. And then from there, you know, I mean, this was like what, 2008, 2009. So YouTube was a big thing, you know, or it was still like, on its like big rise and people were getting a lot of popularity and people were making piano tutorials and guitar tutorials. And so that's also another place where I started learning a lot of music and I was just getting obsessed. I would try to download and pirate free uh, sheet music 
that I could still barely read and I still barely can read sheet music. But it was just more or less like, okay, so these are the chords. I know how the song sounds and okay, now I got it. That sort of a deal. Gosh, fast forward a few years because we could be here all day. I was 23 and this light went off in my head. I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I know that someday I'm going to not be here. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I love music for so long. Um, There's a lot of things that were holding me back. Um, I got sucked into a religion that was very much, well, I'll say cult. I was very much against pursuing what they would deem as worldly careers. So I was like very, I was very devout at the time, but also like this whole pull to like be a musician and, and pursue art and things that I cared about was always still there and always aided me. So 23 came around, the slide off went off in my head. I was like, I got to do something. So um, at the time I had my little 2010 MacBook Pro, I think it was. And uh, I had Logic 9 that I don't, don't do this kids, but I, I pirated it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just started tracking. I was just like, I didn't know the first thing about mixing. I didn't know the first thing about mastering. I still have this little M audio fast track. And my big focus was just making sure that all the tracks were in time. Uh, everything was just like there. So that took me nine months and I recorded 11 songs. It was terrible. It was a train wreck. I had one condenser mic. I had a friend who played drums. I put that singular condenser mic in front of the drum set and I was just like, play, just do it, get it in time. We did multiple takes. I could probably dig through my computer and find that whole album is trash. And I knew that it sounded like garbage. I, you know, I did put it out for people to kind of like listen to, cause I was like, well, I at least want to like show people what I've been up to for the last nine months. But then I quickly took it down because I was like, this doesn't live up or represent anything that I want to be, or it doesn't really show what is actually happening in my head. So I was like, I got to find a recording studio. The biggest thing that I was looking for is like, I didn't want to end up in some guy's basement with a jug of urine in his corner and still lives with his mom. You know, I wanted somebody who was like doing it for a living, (laughs) knew what they were doing totally competent. And that's where I came across Robot Doc Studio. I was actually, actually vlogged my entire recording process. It's up online. You could probably go watch it. Those videos are also terrible. <laughs> and yeah, you know, the second I met Ryan, I was like, I couldn't get a read on him. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I was like, I already, I've already listened to all of his work. I was very impressed. I was like, this is amazing. So for a few months, I just went into like, I'm eating nothing but ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just so I could like pay to make this happen. I didn't care. You know, like the stuff that I do, it's all I live for. I didn't care. I didn't care about anything. You know, I was, uh, I was still running on my winter tires for the last two years. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about, you know, like maybe that's not the safest thing, but it, it's just that all, all that I could really invest myself into that it's all I cared about. So yeah, we started working like... I, I mean, I remember talking to him. I was like a little weird kid. Like, uh, do you have, do you have plugins? <laughs> do you have, uh, pedals? <laughs> what, what kind of pedals do you have? <laughs> Can you show me your pedals? <laughs> and just kind of being like really weird and just trying to like get a feel for like what I was getting myself into. And yeah, but once we started working, there were nights where we burnt the midnight oil. Like I was there 
I would take, I was driving from Rutland, you know, like an hour and a half away. And I would like book hotel rooms and we would sometimes work late into the night. And yeah, so I recorded seven songs. Not all of them are released yet. It's kind of a table project uh, for now. Like the level of what I wanted to achieve with James and the Giant Sleep required a lot more hands and a lot more patience that when I come across people, they just don't have. And um, I just don't settle for less. If it's not going to be what I want it to be, then I table it or I let it go altogether. And James and the Giant Sleep isn't over by any stretch of your imagination. But uh, I think, you know, once I release the rest of the music, it'll probably take a significant turn where it'll either just be all me or I will try again to piece together a band the way I sort of envision that. But I don't know, you know, um, as far as like filmmaking and video goes, uh, when I was like 17 or 18, I bought my very first um, DSLR. And this is like at the the turn of the DSLR revolution, you know, where it was, you know, what, what those cameras could do now was really game changing. And people were making content over YouTube. YouTube was like all I fucking cared about. You know, I, I would watch hours of YouTube videos and look at what people were filming on and cameras that were popular were like Canon cameras for a while. And um, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to invest that much just yet. Like it was still me just trying to like break into like, you know, understanding what a camera was, let alone, you know, like making such a big investment. Um, so anyway, I bought my first DSLR. It was a Pentax KX. I think shot the most beautiful 720p I think I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was for the good old days, you know, and then it was good. Like, it, I mean, there was 1080p, which was the other option. I was like, uh, I don't know, the 720 though, it looks crisp. <laughs> Uh, now we're here in 4k land and uh, the whole game has changed but uh so yeah i bought and it ran on four double a batteries if you can believe it a thing um it was yeah it was, i took that thing everywhere i was filming you know get togethers um i was filming just like random stuff all the time like i was i made my own music videos and a lot of them i shot just me by myself i'd have to of course put it on a tripod so it makes the movement less dynamic, but you could tell a story. And that's what a, a lot of what I did. You know, you know I look, I wish I had those videos um, still, but they're gone because I've wiped my computer several times. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and I think about those, all those things I'd shown to my friends and I'd shown to family like, wow, you know, you kind of, kind of a knack for that. And this was like with a kit lens and uh, no lighting. And let me tell you what, like, when you're shooting with a camera with no lighting and you can't really open up that glass past like F4, you get noisy shots. And by noise, I mean like grain in your image that's not too pleasant or pleasing. So it's not a low light camera by any stretch of the imagination, but that didn't stop me. <laughs> so yeah, I would do that a lot. And after a while, I kind of fell out with it because I got so focused on doing music. But, you know, filmmaking and video has always been something that's, I really don't know how to really explain it. You just kind of like, I don't know, I pick up on things and I just sort of do them. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. So, I, and I know how to do it and I do it. I don't know. I just, um, I guess I've learned through watching other people do it enough or like watching so many music videos or so on and so forth. I, I don't really know how to articulate what I'm trying to express, but hopefully that does it enough justice. 
first and foremost, I'd want to express like an appreciation for it. And we sort of have touched on it in past episodes. Um, but it sounds like you kind of knocked out the same thing. And it's the idea of, it sounds like with some of your earlier music, you kind of put something together in the way that you could at the moment to just get it out, establish past practice, see what that's about. And then you threw it out there into the world. And then, but then you also sort of did the other thing, which is you did that, okay, like you've walked through the process from start to finish once, and then now you're sort of realizing, okay, you know, maybe I want to either control this a little more or sort of, you know, uh, not temper expectations, but sort of set the expectations, I guess, in a different way. And so rather than sort of, you know, be the opposite of like, I don't know, Axl Rose or something, you're taking your time, which is also important. So I just wanted to point that out that two important things uh, to try that we've talked about before on the podcast, and it sounds like uh, you've knocked both of those out. So thank you, because I can uh, think of a lot of people who are a huge fan of like only one or only the other, and like the answer is, oh, just because, without sort of thinking about it. So it, it sounds like with whatever you do, you definitely put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm obsessive in meticulous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah i think it shows a lot too that you were obsessive and meticulous with the james and the giant sleep stuff but with your first album you just wanted to get something out there totally and i think that's what aaron is saying is you know even though you have that tendency to want to make it perfect which i think is really good for an artist because anything less than perfection is just going to be difficult and when i say perfection i mean to the artist themselves because not everyone's going to like it unfortunately but if the artist feels that it has fulfilled what they wanted to do that's perfect for the artist i think it's really cool that you got that out there and then said hey you know what i'm gonna do it again i'm gonna write new songs gonna improve and we're gonna do it in a studio and all that i think it's also really interesting how you were saying that you just pick up on things which i guess i could say learn by example except that you're not seeing someone telling you how to do it, you're seeing it and saying, I know how to do that, which is also, I think, a really cool way to pick up on things. And does the same thing happen musically for you as well? Or was that specifically for video? Well, I mean, I, I think a little bit for both. I mean, the thing for me when it comes to music is, um, I guess I've always had a pop sensibility because it's all I grew up on, where I feel like artists that I come across, they write great music, uh, but you know, there's just things that are missing that like, make me want to stay there or like draw, draw me in or like, Oh, that's a great hook. Do it again. Except it only happens once in the song. And then I'm like, uh, I only want to listen to that one part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, I, uh, so once you digest, like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I poured over hours of watching YouTube videos and, and watching people like, I don't know. Uh, maybe you guys know these people, Alex goo, Tyler Ward, Christina Perry, Christina Grimmie, uh, she was big. You know, lots of like these very like early adopters of like the way the music industry had changed, you know, especially with the advent of, of things like YouTube. And they were making just simple videos of them playing covers in front of their webcam or whatever they had. And then I was like, okay, so that's the structure of a song. And it kind of goes like that. And for a long time, I was like, oh, man, I need to be like, I need to be Axl Rose I, or I need to be like Slash or something like that to write great music. And 
I said, you know, well, well, I mean, that's a whole style of playing. That's really like being more guitar centric rather than like the structure of a song, you know, and what makes a great song in general. So it was just like that, like, it wasn't even like conscious. It was just sort of like, oh, I get that. I see that. Now I know how to do that. Or, you know, of course, the way people listen to music now is changed. Like when I was listening to music when I was a kid, and I'm probably sounding like an old person, even though I'm not that old, is I would take my little um, Discman jogger CD player and I'd put in a CD and I'd sit on my bed and I would just do that. I would listen to that thing from like front to back. Um, I remember my cousin, this one time he sent me this, um, and excuse me, because the band now has gotten a bit of a bad reputation based on a certain lead singer, but brand new, uh, he sent me their The Devil and God is Raging Inside Me album. And I sat there and I listened to that whole album from front to back and I just digested all of it. I was like, what are the elements that make this like what it is? And, um, you know, I would try to like pick apart some of the melodies and things on the keyboard. But it wasn't until like much later with my exploration in the music and learning like, you know, the math of music a little bit, the more like theory end of things that I started to like grasp, oh, <laughs> they're playing in a minor key, you know, like, oh, that's why it's so like that, you know? And I think people are a lot of times afraid of repetition, but I embrace it because for me, it's like creating a web. And when you create a web, things get stuck in it. You know, it's like, and you're also creating a universe and the universe is based upon structure. And, you know, without that structure, it's just a stream of consciousness. It's ever changing. And is it really any different from any other form of stream of consciousness? Kind of like a snowflake, like a snowflake has a structure and it has like, and that's what I think, how I think of a song is it's, it's supposed to be something like that, a model or a theme or an idea and yeah, I guess I'm just hating on jam music right now. <laughs> Careful with that in Vermont. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, anyway, but yeah, you know, it, it was just like, I think it was just sort of like all those things were sort of subconscious and, I, and the same with filmmaking. Like, it's sort of like, well, you know, like the the, the conventions, like, I mean, have you ever watched a movie? Have you ever seen what makes a movie look good or how... A subject is framed like if you're shooting at eye level all the time, that stuff is not interesting. That doesn't add any like dimension to whatever it is you're filming. It's just very like boring. It's flat. Light is another thing because, you know, we're suckers for contrast, you know? Yeah. I mean, those sorts of things. I just feel like I watch people's work sometimes and I'm like, did you just do you have you ever seen a movie? Have you ever seen a video? You know, I. I don't know. But anyway, I I digress. Well, that actually takes us into one of the things that we wanted to talk about, which is how can DIY artists, specifically musical artists, create a high production value video with a DIY budget? Because I know that's something that you're really good at because of your experience and your skill. And I think that might be something that you can bring to the audience. Well, here's the thing about DIY. When it comes to doing a music video, if you're a musician, don't do it yourself. Get somebody else to do it for you. Um, The other part to that is um, stop thinking about shoestring budgets because they're very limiting. It's called run-and-gun filmmaking. 
And it's not the kind of filmmaking that I like to do because my brain is running a mile a minute. And the more questions, the more stuff that you have to ask me or like, oh, can you get this or can you do that? I'm trying to focus. Like I'm trying to do this work for you. I don't really believe in this uh, shoestring budget mentality or like this whole DIY thing. DIY, yeah, sure. Like if you have no other choice, do it yourself. But if you have the means, because here's the thing, my friend, the apostate, when we shot that video, that was, of course, it was run and gun. And yeah, I paid nothing. I should have paid probably close to $1,000 for that because it was a whole eight hours. Ryan was nice enough to help film that. I just said, this is what I do. This is how I set this up. Can you hold the camera? Can you frame it however you want? Like, you're here. Thank you. But it took every hand from the bassist, Phoebe. That was not our space. That was um, a place that she worked that she had gotten permission. Like, you know, you have to ask for favors. And if you don't have the people to, or the hands or the friends or whatever to offer you spaces or to get in for free, then that's going to cripple you too. You know, here's the thing. When we're thinking low budget, I would say think somewhere in the $1,000 to $1,500 range at least. Because I don't think people understand how music video budgets break down. People are always asking me, well, what's your rate? Like, I don't charge a rate. It's about what the need is for your video, what you're asking for. You know, I've talked to people like, oh, um, when I was just trying to put out feelers for people who wanted to shoot a video, this kid comes to me with, he wanted like some crazy visual effects, um, something about like faces turning into animals or, or something like that. And I was like, I've never seen that in a video, uh, but I've definitely seen it on like Instagram where there's like an app that'll change your face to like, a tiger or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Maybe we can figure that out. Okay. Yeah. Green screen. And oh, you want to like have it in different locations. Okay. So what's your budget? He gave me something to the tune of like, I don't know, $300. And I was like, well, here's what $300 will get you. I'll show up. I'll basically what, cause I'm not just a videographer. I, I know it's like, well, like if someone's like looking for me, they're going to be typing videographer, but what I do and what I offer and the skills that I have are more than just somebody who is a cameraman. You know, like, let's like get real. Um, $300 gets you a basic edit and maybe I'll color grade it. You know, maybe I'll, I'll be nice and I'll shoot and not wreck 709. Be real. And, you know, the thing is, is like, I see so many artists that have these really nice guitars and like vintage amps and pedal boards with, like, I remember this guy, he had like a Cali, I think it's a Cali 69 or Cali 77 or something like that. It's a really nice compressor. I've been looking at it for years. Love that thing. But I mean, that thing was like $800, $900, somewhere in the $1,000 range, honestly. And I was like, okay, so where's your album? And, you know, where's your music video? And like, who are you? You can invest in all this other stuff, but like, what about the things that promote really what is your business? And I struggle with it all the time because it's like, sure, I've shot some music videos on budgets less than really what's feasible or workable. And those videos are fine for what they are. You know, I'm busting my ass and trying to make, you know, a name for myself as well. But when it gets right down to it, 
the more money that you have means that you do get better quality. Shoot on your iPhone. If, if you're really like, you know, if you don't want to spend any money, shoot it on your iPhone. But there's a reason why you're contacting me, right? There's a reason for it. And you're looking for a return on your investment, but all you want to invest is a couple hundred dollars. That's not going to get you that far. You know, we have to take into consideration locations. Okay, well, if we're talking about locations, what are the limitations? Is there enough light? Are we going to need to get lighting? We can rent lighting. Do you have that in your budget? Um, Do you have it in your budget to get in the door of wherever you want to go? What about, did you ever consider that we might need or want a crew of people? You know, if you're going to have a story, you might have to have extras. And those are, those people need money and they need to get paid. You're also going to have to pay them through their stomach a little bit. So add on catering, um, better throw them together to go play if this is a low budget music video. Like the, there's just things that aren't really pulled into consideration. And I think people need to get into the mentality, especially now. Now is a really unique time. Um, and I think people are kind of getting a little discouraged and a little sad. Now is the time, a better time than ever to invest in yourself, invest in your business. Um, because guess what? Nobody's stopping. And whoever is, uh, there's people that are still running. The race is still going. No one's going to have everyone run up to the line and say, one, two, three, go. And then, then you get your chance to get ahead or get noticed or whatever. Now's the time, especially right now, considering the way especially uh, like with, you know, we don't have performances happening right now, which I understand is a lot of people's uh, source of revenue, but who's going to show up to your show if they don't really know who you are? The other part to music is that nobody's, like I said, like nobody's listening to music like they used to, or at least the way I used to. I used to put in a CD and I used to listen to it from beginning to end. You want to know where people are consuming the most of their music? Honestly, it's probably not Spotify. I mean, maybe passively, more often than not. But um, the other part, which is free, is YouTube. And you better hope that if you're putting your music on YouTube, that you have a video attached to it. Something that's going to not only engage their ears, but their eyes. Because <laughs> we don't listen with our ears any- anymore. We listen with our eyes. You know, it's it's multicellular. And I hate just how much people aren't really giving consideration to all the the variables of what they're doing because obviously they had all the drive and all the the initiative to go and invest in gear and the best guitar that money could buy and all the pedals and you know they 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 spend the gas money to get to the show for what to stay in the town that they play in every single day do they really want to make a career out of it you know is this just for fun then why are you hitting up me or the recording studio that you just want to basically lowball, you know, and try to make out with some recording, you know, that's where I'm at anyway. <laughs> well, I love what you're saying there. Cause first of all, you know, you did mention that being in a band is running a business and that's what our whole podcast is basically about. But I also think it's so important that you're calling out the people who don't want to put in the energy and effort to do a professional music video. I mean, obviously there are artists who can't get the money together for one reason or another, but you already said that when you were recording, you were eating ramen and PB&J. And so especially if you're looking at, you know, a four or five piece band, they can scrape that money together much more easily because you're just you, you know, you were doing that by yourself. 
for other people, if they want to have that success, there is going to be a cost to it. Not everything in life is going to be free. Oh, totally. And I think what you're kind of getting to with the gear that artists buy, you know, they will buy a four or $5,000 guitar if it's a, you know, American Gibson or something and then play local shows is imposter syndrome. They think that having this amazing instrument, which, hey, I would love to have a four or $5,000 Gibson Les Paul, but people think that having that instrument makes them a better or more professional musician. When really, a more professional musician would say, I want that, but I need to release a song with a good music video. Yeah, you know, that, and that's where the priorities seem to lean. And I don't get it because, you know, people talk to me about like true bypass pedals. And I'm like, well, you know, I can't tell a difference. Or people will talk about, oh, well, your Line 6 Spider sounds like crap. I'm like, well, have you ever listened to a good player play through that? You're not going to be able to tell the difference between like the Line 6 Spider and I don't know, maybe some other amp or whatever, like, or at least the average listener anyway. I think it's just sort of misplacing their priorities. We all need to want to get noticed and, and have attention and we don't just get discovered anymore. We need to get that illusion or that idea out of our heads. If you do, great. Lucky you. You're amazing. Hopefully you don't get chewed up and spit out at the other end because once people are done with whatever fad or whatever you're facilitating or, you know, meeting or whatever, they're going to be done with you. But, you know, the ones that have sort of built it from the ground up and established that strong fan base and maybe it took a lot of time and effort and energy. But like, let's be real. What else do you have to live for? If you have something that you love and that you care about, don't waste the time. Don't waste the time on just playing it safe and seeing what happens and go all in. You know, I had a drummer and, you know, he was a great drummer, like a still a good friend, care about him a lot. He's in other projects right now. I paid for all of it. It would have been awesome to maybe split it 50-50, but I paid for all of it. I would have loved to have had a band that was like, yeah, let's like spit it four ways and we'll get so far and we'll make all this progress. But... That didn't happen. So here I am. And that's the other thing, too, is like you kind of pitch a like this is the dollar amount. Like, you know, and there's some like level room for negotiation. But like they're like, oh, no, like, oh, that this eats up all of this budget. We don't have really much I'm like, OK, well, there's four of you. Did you do the math? Did you think about like, OK, well, you know, this person pays this much, this person. And then pretty soon you, you got the you got the money and the budget to do the thing that you want to do. Like, why is that so hard? Or is it like there's only one person that really cares about the project? <laughs> and the other <laughs> the other three are just a lot. I, I never I can never tell. I never know what the what the game is. But um, and it's not like, you know, for me myself, like, oh, yeah, pay me more money. And I'm going to be running around with a Rolls Royce and a Maserati and I'm going to be just flexing on everybody because that's not the case at all. Every dollar that I make right now goes right back into my business. <laughs> like me trying to build my business and, and have the tools and the ability to create quality content. Because here's the thing, um, Burlington, Vermont could be put on the map. It could be as big as anything else. But you know what it takes is, is it takes the movers and the shakers to get up and do something and make it that. No one's going to bring it to us. No one's going to put it on the table and say, here you go, have fun. We create that through our own efforts and coming together and making that happen. 
And yeah, sadly, we live in a system that, you know, it's, it's a capitalist system. It sucks. I don't like it. But money is the name of the game. Time is money. Gear costs money. I've invested in glass and lighting and to, well, you know, obviously fulfill my own creative needs and my own creative desires and to pursue something that matters to me, but also because like uh, when I moved here, I was expecting like, oh man, there's going to be so much available than Rutland. And I look around and like, yeah, there's some people that make good videos or whatever, but I was like, uh, not to the quality that I'd like, or at least not to like the level that I would appreciate, or at least like maybe there's some people that I'm not seeing and they're just way too obscure. But like, you know, I thought to myself like, okay, so here I am. I'm an artist. I want music videos. I want to do all this for me. But like, who's out there? There's not a whole lot out there that's willing to lift other people up and give that to them. So, you know, there is an altruistic value to it as well. It's not all about me, 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 and, you know, um, whatever. It's like when people pay it forward, help me out, I help them out. And that by extension also makes a service available for other people, other talent. Because, you know, let's be real, here in Burlington, Vermont, there's like maybe three artists that I know of that have like a really strong presence out there in the you know, the rest of the world. There's like Grace Potter, right? Uh, we got Fish. Uh, I know 99 Neighbors is kind of like a new thing and they're kind of out there doing crushing the game. But who else is there? Really? Like, think about it. Like, not a whole ton else. And part of it is that there's not enough people out there also trying to draw that attention to what's here. Because there are good things here. There's great artists. There's tons of potential it doesn't have to be left to, oh, well, we got to move out west to make it happen. We got to move out to L.A. and, you know, <laughs> we can make it happen right here. Yeah, I think that is something that a lot of artists also don't really take into account is that they have to get out there if they're not in one of these major cities where they're going to be discovered by another artist who's already made it or somebody in the industry who can help give them a little push for any artist who's listening to this podcast and you're not in Nashville, New York, LA, or another big music city, you have to make those connections. And right now, since people aren't going to shows or anything at all, it's actually a great time to make connections and wow the right people with a solid live stream. But so before we wrap things up, Christian, I think you've had a ton of knowledgeable things to say already. But if you had to boil down your knowledge and experience into the one most practical piece of knowledge that you've picked up over the years, whether it's music or video, what would you want to tell the listeners? Do it. From when I was a kid, there was so much that was holding me back and I was so absorbed. I was brainwashed. I was totally led astray. You know, I had family members that were also very like a bit anal retentive when it came to money, you know, like, oh, don't, don't spend that much. This is how you get, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is how you should manage your budget or whatever. Or like in anything, just playing it safe. I don't believe in it. I say, if you want to get it anywhere, you got to take risks. Cause again, then you're going to end up in uh, your nursing home when you're what, what, like 80, 90. If you get there, you're going to sit there you're going to look out the window. You're going to wonder about all the what ifs. Uh, you know, what if I actually did talk to that girl or like, what if I did actually 
buy that guitar or, you know, invest in that, that recording or invest in that music video or pursue that career, whatever it is, you're going to just be left with all this regret. I would rather try and literally lose everything that I have, but I would never ask what if, then that's where I stand on that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, Christian, thank you so much for coming on the show. If anyone wants to check out your music, where can they find it? Uh, it's on Spotify, uh, Bandcamp, James and the Giant Sleep, on both of those things. Um, pretty sure it's on. I, I like did the the blast of like distribution. Um, it's on YouTube as well. Uh, I can see the the music video at um, at James and the Giant Sleep uh, for my friend the Apostate. That's kind of been the latest release and there'll be a third single down the the pike at some point when I get around to it, but we'll see. (laughs) All right. Wonderful. And then if people want to contact you about having video work done for those that are local to the Vermont area, how can they get in touch with you? So there's Instagram, Christian James video. Uh, There's also my email, direct email. It's uh, christianjamesvideo at gmail.com. If you want to see some of my work, of course, yeah, there's Instagram as well and YouTube and stuff like that. So, All right. Well, it was a pleasure having you here, Christian. Thank you so much for taking the time again. And uh, I think it's really enlightening to see an artist who truly gets it. So I'm really happy we had you on the show. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. That does it for another episode of the Bandhive podcast. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode. And thank you so much to Christian James for coming on the show to talk about their music career and experience in the video world. All of the links that Christian mentioned will be over at bandhive.rocks slash 41. So if you'd like to get in touch with Christian and don't feel like just typing in every single link that they mentioned, because there were a lot, you can go to that webpage and we'll have them all listed for you so you can get in touch with Christian and listen to their music or check out their video work and find out whatever you want to find out. Next week, Matt is finally back on the podcast and we will be talking about how to create and nurture an engaged audience online. So I'm really looking forward to that episode and I know you're all going to enjoy it. So that's next Tuesday at 6 a.m. in your favorite podcasting app. We hope you have an awesome week. And of course, as always, keep rocking. Hey, you. Yeah, you with the headphones or the speakers. You've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. While I still have you here, if you're not already in the Bandhive Facebook community, it would be great to see you there. We have over 600 like-minded musicians who are asking questions, sharing their experiences and advice, and much more. So if you want to improve your band's business, look no further than the Bandhive Facebook community. You can find it by searching for Bandhive on Facebook, that's B-A-N-D-H-I-V-E, or going to bandhive.rocks slash group. Again, that's bandhive.rocks slash group, and that will automatically redirect you to our Facebook community. I look forward to seeing you there soon.